Welcome back to another episode, you guys. Thank you for tuning in this week for episode 21 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. I'm back with the five, but on a different scale. I'm back on my feet, just like I tripped and failed. I'm secretly bending all the scrolls of secrecy. I frequently murder these rhythms evenly. I balance decency under weather. My parents, they help me build up the toughest. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode. Be true, be you. In 2022, this is the Box Score Sports Podcast, episode 21. Going to start it off hot. Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs just last week broke the franchise record of single season goals at 54. He is currently at 58. He scores one more goal, it puts him into the top 40. Now, the misconception with how many people are on that list is you got to understand that he's currently at number 42 with 58. He scores one more goal, he goes up two. He scores his 60th, he goes from 39th to 33rd. He scores another one after that, he goes from 33rd to 30th. Another one from 30th to 27th. Like, he climbs five to like three to eight positions every time he scores one goal. And to think that they still have eight games left on the season, hot take, I think he pushes into the top five single season record, getting up to the high 70s. He still has eight games to do this, and he's been on a crazy hot streak. The number of games he's had two goals in a game, I mean. Dude's different, and he's only 24 years old, but nobody can ever knock the great one. 20 20 years old, 92 goals in a season. I mean, that'll never not be impressive. It's one of the most unbreakable records in sports. Crazy. But definitely got to give the credit to Austin Matthews, franchise record. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment, especially on a team that's had so many great players like the Toronto Maple Leafs. So kudos to him, and he's... My favorite player, so obviously I'm going to give him a little extra credit. But where it's due, he's definitely proven that he's a worthy player. He's worth he's worth what he's made of. You know, he's, 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 he's proven that he's one of the top players in this league, and he's gonna it's going to stay that way for quite a while. So if you haven't already, which means you're just not paying attention to hockey, keep your eyes on him because he'll be a talent for as long as he'll play, to be completely honest. I just want to go ahead and get that out the way, man. Love the Leafs. Love Austin Matthews. Huge accomplishment for a guy like him at his age to already be breaking franchise records and maybe potentially even already be one of, if not the best Maple Leaf of all time. Who knows? Jumping into the second segment today, we have a wild story. Floyd Mayweather, world-renowned boxer, 50-0 undefeated beast, Floyd Money Man Mayweather himself, has offered $20 million to any NFL team if they sign Antonio Brown 
and there are any problems on or off the field. Essentially saying, here's $20 million if it don't work out. That's very... I mean, wow. Obviously, we've seen in recent months him and uh, Antonio Brown, I guess you could say, hanging out. Uh, But he came out onto a podcast called The Pivot and stated how he thinks that the image of Antonio Brown is unfair. And he went on to say, quote, I think A.B. is really misunderstood. He just wants to be treated fairly. And this is for any team that's watching right now. We'll make them a deal. If they sign A.B. and A.B. go through the whole season, no problems at all, then they got to give us $20 million. But if he messes up, then we got to give them $20 million. So if any team want to match that, you know, reach out to us. End quote. Wow, you know, obviously, I personally don't expect any NFL executives to jump out at this just because they're bigger than that. You know, it's 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 a business and I really don't see them making a decision like that just solely based on something Floyd Mayweather said, you know, even somebody like Jerry Jones has got more money than what he knows to do with. I just don't see them making a decision like that that would. Be so controversial, if you will. I uh, I don't know exactly what caused this. It was just a simple conversation on the podcast, and um, if I'm correct, the pivot, the podcast name, had asked Floyd how he felt about the whole situation and... Um, where he stands in his relationship with Antonio Brown because he was seen in pictures and hanging around him after Antonio had left the field at that one game and so on and so forth. And Floyd kind of just spoke his mind. You know, obviously somebody like Floyd speaks with his wallet, as he did. But at the same time, I can see where he's coming from. On one side of things, Antonio Brown has only done a lot of these things to himself. You know, um, I think if the whole situation with the end when he left the Steelers and then the situation with the Raiders and all of that stuff, if that didn't happen, I don't think that this last situation would have ended the way it did and gotten as much attention as it did at that. I do think on one aspect of it all, he is fair, uh, somewhat unfairly treated. If you really put into thought what he's talking about and you look in the validity of how much of it actually stands, and especially with this whole situation with the Buccaneers and the Bruce Arian situation and all that, you know, there were promises that were broken and so on and so forth. So I'm not saying I'm defending Antonio Brown, but I can definitely see where someone would think he's being treated unfairly. But at the same time, I truly do believe that any image depiction of Antonio Brown was only brought upon by his own actions in the past. So that's just kind of where I stand on that. Uh, I just thought it was a really interesting story. You'd, not too often you see something like that going on. Moving on to the NBA. Uh, they've officially started the play-in tournament to determine who the seven and eight seeds are going to be for the playoffs starting 
next week. On Tuesday, April 12th, the first games of the play-in tournament had began. First one being the Cavaliers and the Nets. Brooklyn routed Cavaliers 115-108 to behind a Kevin Durant and Kyrie combined 59 points. And then the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Clippers 109-104 to in a close game. And the Timberwolves are now pushing for their second playoff appearance in 19 seasons. They made it to the playoffs in 2018 after a 14-year drought of not being in the playoffs. And obviously now they are solidified themselves as a 7 seed as well as the Brooklyn Nets to now be their second playoff appearance in 19 seasons. On Wednesday, April 13th, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Hornets 132-103. to The Hornets have now been knocked out of the play-in tournament in two consecutive seasons. I would say a lot of this has to do with how youthful the team is. Players like LaMelo Ball, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges are all very young players. I think that Gordon Hayward's on and off injuries had a lot to do with this because while he's not the best player on the team, he's definitely very important to their success. Same as players like Terry Rozier and so on and so forth. So you give me a healthy Charlotte Hornets, they're already probably a sixth seed in these playoffs, if you ask me. But that's just me. And then the New Orleans Pelicans beat the San Antonio Spurs 113-103. to McCollum dropping 32 points, Brandon Ingram 27 points, and Jonas Valanciunas 22 points. Quite a show they put on there. It is quite interesting to see that the Pelicans were still able to make the playoffs despite not having Zion. And I say make the playoffs. They still have one more game to go until they do so. But still, for them to make it this far without one of their better players, it is quite interesting. I will say the team has gotten better in in terms of they got rid of Josh Hart and in return they got CJ McCollum. That's a pretty big difference. McCollum's one of the better guards in the league, honestly, and 32 points in a now or never game. I mean, it, it proves it. He's a show-up-now player, so... To think what they would be able to accomplish with a healthy team, I think, would surprise a lot of people. Because we have seen Zion play, and he can definitely put up his portion. He's an easy 2010 guy, you know, so... The Pelicans, if they can stay healthy and keep a majority of the players that they have on the team now... I think that they could be a team that you should be watching out for. Something kind of like the the Nuggets. Obviously, they don't have a player like a Nikola Jokic, but 
a team that could be making the playoffs every year consistently, a, you know, a top five seed, so on and so forth. That's a bold take, I know, but you give me a healthy Pelicans team, I think they could do it. And I think that's part of the topic here is you give me a healthy any team and they can make it happen. In terms of the teams that are right on the cusp of making it happen. The Clippers. Despite losing to the Timberwolves, they will be playing for the 8th seed against the Pelicans. And they didn't have Paul George for a majority of the season, yet they're still on the verge of the playoffs. Not to mention, no Kawhi Leonard all season. I would say that's an accomplishment. You're missing your two best players, who are stars in this league, and are both going to be Hall of Famers by the time they retire. They were both gone. Kawhi gone all year, Paul George gone more than he wasn't and you still are fighting to make it into the playoffs. That's an accomplishment. It really is. So credit where it's due. But, again, give me that team healthy. They're a seven seed, six seed, five seed. It's crazy. And then on the other side of things, you got the Hawks and the Cavaliers fighting for the eight seed in the East. I think that they're both teams that are on the right path, that they just have a couple missing pieces. I think the Hawks have a few more missing pieces than the Cavaliers do because this season the Cavaliers went out and got Karis LeVert, and obviously they drafted Evan Mobley, who was a really big contributor. Colin Sexton got hurt really early in on this, really early in the season, and Darius Garland came out and proved that he is a top 15 guard in this league he's had a very good season and it's been very entertaining to watch to be completely honest whereas the Hawks they have Trey Young he's successful Danielle Hunter is proven as a pretty reliable starter and Capella's been pretty good he's definitely one of the better rebounders in the league and defensive players at that but there's just something missing Obviously, if they're fighting for an eight seed and they play as well as they do sometimes, there's just one piece missing. If you ask me, it's a solidified number two guard. Because you have Trey, he gets it done. Daniel Hunter covers in that small forward. He does well. They had Cam Reddish, but he's gone now. And, you know, you give me a number two or a number four on that team, something as simple as like, a good example here would be um, somebody like a LaMarcus Aldridge. Obviously, he's not that much better than Danilo Gallinari, but I personally think that somebody like him would have a bigger, bigger impact. Just an example. I don't think they need to go out and get him, but that that's how close they are to like a top four team, in my opinion. They just need one or two more simple Josh Hart, LaMarcus Aldridge type players to really put them over the edge and make them a real contender in the league. And that's just my opinion. So overall, the play-in tournament. You have the Nets and the Timberwolves securing the seventh seeds. And then the winner of the Hawks and Cavs game goes on to be the eighth seed in the East to play the Heat. And the winner of the Clips and Pelicans game goes on to be the 8th seed in the West to play the Suns. Personal opinion, either way, whoever becomes the 8th seed is going to lose. 
because the heat is too good and the suns are way too damn good and it's just not going to happen. So all this fighting to get a playoff appearance, but you might as well be the Toronto Maple Leafs the way you're going to make a first round exit. And yes, I'm taking a shot at one of my favorite teams. It is what it is. I'm just a realist. I face reality and that's what that is. So I think the Nets could go further than people will give them credit for. I don't know about the Timberwolves, but the Nets can definitely go further than people would give them credit for. Players like KD and Kyrie, who you never truly know what they're capable of. They go out and just show you that they're about it. I can't really put it any simpler. They're at the top of the league. They might not be the best scorer in the league every single night, but... When it comes down to it, they're going to show you they belong there. Personally, the two of them are more consistent than James Harden. So I would somewhat agree with the Nets' decision to get rid of James Harden. I can understand it. I will admit James Harden was a really big factor for the Nets when Kyrie and KD were injured. But since then, I would say the two of them are more important to the team than Harden ever was. That's just a personal opinion. But it makes sense. I personally think that Harden fits in better on the 76ers despite the inconsistency. If they find that groove that they had initially and they stay that way and consistent, it can work out better than it ever could have on the Nets. And that's just because, personal opinion, you had too many egos on the Nets. I say this a lot, but you really look at that team, all three of the star players on that team were players that would be considered uh, the person to take the ball up the court and to have the ball in their hands first. You can't have three of them on a team. Personally, that's why I think the Lakers didn't work out. Russell Westbrook is a take the ball up the court, ball in the hand first person. LeBron. And when he, like, think about the Pelicans, Anthony Davis. Even in his prime, Carmelo Anthony. You got all these players that are the ones that take the ball up the court and they're ball in the hand first, you know, final shot of the game. You want them to take it type player. There's just too many personalities, too many egos on one team. It doesn't work out. And I think that's why James Harden didn't fit in too well with the Nets, but that's just me. I don't know. I know other people that have other opinions, but to me, it just makes more sense to look at it from that perspective. So moving forward, Friday the 15th, we only have two more games left until the playoffs start. We are so close to the NBA playoffs that I have been longing for. These games are going to be elite. Every single game is going to be worth the watch. Obviously, none of us will be able to watch every single game, but you best believe at the minimum I'm going to be watching the highlights because it's going to be worth it. These teams are going to put on shows. Every play, every team has more than one elite player that belong in these playoffs. And they're going to show us some of the best basketball we've seen. I just have a feeling these playoffs are going to be something else. There's been so much competitiveness in the league this last season that I am looking forward to the coming playoff tournament. And the finals... Not to mention, I don't know if you guys heard, but they're bringing back the old finals logo with the, the cursive printing, but not the modernized one, the one that had like the star and the F and so on and so forth back in the day. So that should be cool too. But that's it for the NBA. To wrap things up today, I want to touch on the 2022 
Masters Tournament winner, Scotty Scheffler. He won the Masters with a 10-under score, beating Rory McIlroy by only three strokes. As of April of 2022, Scotty Scheffler has been voted the number one golfer in the world. Now, personally, I think that it's biased just based on his performance these last couple of months. Because you go back to February, Scotty Scheffler had not won his first tournament until Super Bowl Sunday when he won the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Since then, he's been on a tear. Every golfer is going to get a couple tournaments where they finish like top 30, top 20. It happens to the best. But he's had a lot of top 5, top 10 performances since that tournament win in February. And I personally think that that's where the bias comes from, that he's the best golfer of as of April of 2022. I don't know the accuracy of it because I haven't been paying dire attention to golf to know that anybody could be better, but I have paid enough attention to know that Scotty Scheffler has recently been doing well, and I think that that's part, if not most, of the reason that he was voted the number one golfer in the world. Recency bias is really all I'm leaning towards here. Don't get me wrong, the guy's a really good golfer. You know what I mean? He's proven it. He won the Masters. He won the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You know what I mean? The the, the tournaments that he's won are big tournaments. But where was this guy before Super Bowl Sunday? That's what I'm trying to say. He had, you know what I mean? You look at players like Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Roy McElroy and... Colin Marikawa, and I mean, I could go on a list of 15 golfers of players who have been consistently good this year. Jordan Spieth, and for 10 years, you know, almost 10 years before that, that they could be could potentially voted the number one golfer in the world. But like I said, recency bias, I think, has a lot to do with it. And I think that's why Scotty got it is because of his recent consistent success, which kudos to him. It's got to be a great feeling, $11.5 million for winning the Masters. Man, now you understand why these old farts like playing golf because for some odd reason you end up pretty good at it, you can win some moolah. So I'm still pretty young, you know, got a long way to go skill-wise, long way to go. But hey, might as well start while my body lets me, right? Definitely going to be golfing a bit more just for the, the, the peacefulness of it. It's one of the most peaceful, relaxing sports on the planet. And it's something you can do until you're 80 if you take care of your body the right way. It's a great sport. I love it. And it's a great excuse to drink as well. Those that drink and golf, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You didn't golf unless you drank and vice versa. You didn't drink unless you golfed. So on and so forth. So other than that, you guys, that about wraps it up for this week's episode. Not massive stories, but enough to give me something to talk about. Definitely some interesting stuff going on, especially things like the Floyd Floyd Mayweather-Antonio Brown situation. That's definitely something that we can sit here and say does not happen often in sports. I don't know who you would be to say otherwise. 
not too often do you get a boxer offering an NFL team $20 million to sign somebody as if it's like a game to them. You know what I mean? It's almost like going on FanDuel and putting down $200 that Allen Robinson gets traded to the Rams, which he did. But like, it's just weird. It's I can't tell if it's him just supporting his friend or if it's like sport to him and he's just looking for something to do with his money because God knows he has too much of it. Not too sure. But episode 21, that's it right there for you. You know what's about to go down. Hit us up on socials. Show the love. Spread the pod. I'll see you next week. Peace out. I'm back with the fire, but on a different scale. I'm back on my feet, just like I tripped and failed. I'm secretly bending all the scrolls of secrecy. I frequently murder these rhythms evenly. I balance decency. Underweather, my parents, they helped me build up the toughest feather. Watching power book wine glass laying on Tuscan leather. When I pop, family gon' benefit it. Trying to convert the Drake style, squeeze in a pinch of Kendrick. High class music, upper scale, and I remain on. In touch with my partners who be struggling and invade home. The seeds that I Grew, turn the trees, and it's funny cuz now I be that nigga in club sections with shades on. Oh, yeah. I'm popping my shit, watch while I demonstrate. Make a strip body debating how many pills to take. My mind is like a jungle, I really know how I feel to break. Told my little cousin I'll turn this burger in the steak. Oh, yeah. I made a path and a promise. I'm reaching high pedestals when I go back and polish. Making my music meaningful, beneficial, symbolic. And I changed my whole lifestyle.